Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 31. How did that happen? Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Ryan Pelton, the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is my podcast. Yeah, it's mine, dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. However you found us on the interwebs, on the iTunes, on the Stitcher, on the SoundCloud, if you are listening on the treadmill, in your car, making dinner, wherever these voices are penetrating your ear canals, going into your mind and causing strange sensations, I'm really glad that you're here. That was uh, a bunch of nonsense, so sorry for that. But I'm really excited today because today is episode number 31 and it's time for another episode. And by popular demand, I don't have a guest today and hopefully that's okay. And I've had a couple of people that enjoy the show have mentioned to me, hey, why don't you do some more episodes of just you talking, uh, different topics, different subjects. And if you go all the way back to the first five episodes or so, it's just me talking, there's no guests. And so I realized since December of last year, we really haven't done a show with just me. And I know that's really breaking your heart. Uh, but we've had many, many, many great guests. And so this week, we're going to take a little break from actually having an interview, but we're going to talk about a very important subject that's near and dear to my heart that I'll get to in just a moment. And don't worry, people, prolific writer, podcast community people. We have many more guests in the queue lined up, and we have some really, really awesome ones coming up, and I can't even stand it who's coming on the show soon. Um, if you don't know who he is, you will know who he is, and he uh, has helped 
hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands and thousands of writers for the last 30, 40 years. So I won't give that away just yet. You'll probably hear about, about that next show, but have some great guests. Um, but I wanted to, to take a, a moment here for episode 31. And I want to talk about something that's, that's near and dear to me, because one of the questions I get often is how do you make it as a writer? And I know that's a, a big loaded question and everybody has different goals for their writing career, their writing journey. Some want to write full time, want that to be their soul living, how they support their families. Um, others love their day jobs and have no intentions of needing to make full-time income to support their families. And some keep their day jobs and still make enough to support their families, but they just choose not to in that way. So everybody has different goals and everybody has different questions when it comes to how do you make it as a, as a full-time writer. Now, full-time can be subjective what that actually means. Um, but we'll say full-time is, is, is making a living that if, if this was your only income, you could live and pay your rent and pay your mortgage and, get your insurance and all those kinds of things. But there's also another layer to that question of what does it really take to become a, a writer? What does it take to become a successful writer? And then others will answer the question. Well, what that means is you get a traditional book deal and that's what it really makes what counts as being a professional writer, or maybe it's to make the New York times bestseller list, or maybe it's to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of books but I, I wanted to get underneath those questions and really think about, well, what does it really take to make it? How do you kind of take the step from maybe amateur or hobbyist to professional and actually writing stories, writing books that people are reading, people are buying and you're making money from and people are enjoying and you're writing more and they're enjoying it more and et cetera, et cetera. So I want to give you a little insight into how I became a writer. And I, I want to say it this way, not how I became a writer. I've been writing for years and years and years, but, but what helped me kind of get over the hump? Um, I I've written quite a few nonfiction books and fiction books. Um, and as you've heard many, many interviews, uh, with many, many great guests, their path, their journey is all, is all different. But I want to share with something that that's actually available and accessible. You can find it online and, and something I was exposed to years ago that, that really kind of opened the door for me to think about what are we doing? What are we trying to accomplish in writing? What, what, what are the hangups? Why do we not write? Because I also run into a lot of people that, that want to write. Uh, they have that great American novel that they're sitting on, but they don't seem to be able to finish it. Uh, it just sits in a drawer or they talk about writing or they take writing courses, they read writing books, but they actually don't ever really write anything and they don't actually really share anything or publish anything. So there's uh, people in different camps. And I would say that, that really what separates the pro from the amateur or the wannabe from the amateur is those that actually write. Yeah, I said it. Those that actually write are writers, not those that outline, not those that draft, not those that dream about writing, not those that think up stories, not those that take courses, not those that read books about writing and try to get better. All those things are good things. Not those that listen to the prolific writer podcast or other writing podcasts, but people that actually write and people that actually 
publish their books and share their work are writers. By definition, that's what makes a writer. It's not how much money you make. It's not if you've been traditionally published or indie published or, or, or what have you, but, but it's actually those that, that write, that do the work and put in the time. And see, for me, that was a huge, huge switch in my brain. Because I thought, well, you're not a writer until you make the New York Times bestseller. You're not a writer until a traditional publisher comes knocking on your door. But 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 see, that's not what makes a writer. Because there are thousands and thousands of writers in the history of the world that have never made those lists. There are many, many people that have not been traditionally published and yet have written multiple, multiple, multiple books. And they'd be considered writers, but there's also many people that have written that one book and, and they've never written again. They've maybe even made a New York times bestseller list and they stopped writing altogether. So by definition, just because we have one book doesn't mean we're writers, but now if you don't write anymore, how are you defined as a writer? And so there's another piece that of, of my journey that really helped me. And one was just perfectionist. Um, and it could say perfectionism. And, and, and I think we all struggle with that on some level. And I wrote an article today and this will lead into kind of the key, uh, and, and hopefully help a lot of you about how do we get those words out? How do we make it as writers? What are the, the what's the path to that? And it's called how a science fiction writer helped me destroy perfectionism and get more done. And so it explains how one of my problems with writing was perfectionist perfectionism. Sorry, it's late perfectionism. I need to polish that book one more time. I need to correct that book one more time. I need to rewrite that book one more time. And so this, this idea of perfectionism, I'm scared to show it to anyone. I don't want people to laugh at me. I don't want to be seen as an amateur. I don't, I don't want it to. And that doesn't mean that we want, we want to do shoddy work by any means. But it was just this thing of, I believed all the lies from English teachers, friends, family, that, you know, if you want to be a good writer, if you want to write something good, you got to edit it, rewrite it 8,000 times, and then it's ready. And so I just got hung up on that until I came along um, and, and I found this through a couple of means. One was one of my kind of virtual mentors, Dean Wesley Smith, who's a, a prolific writer. He's a best-selling author, um, written in a variety of genres, but he also helps writers years ago. Um, he started talking about this guy Heinlein and, and I knew that, that, that Robert a Heinlein, um, or Heinlein depends how you say it, but, um, Heinlein or Heinlein, just depending on how you pronounce it was a science fiction writer in the forties and fifties and sixties and even the seventies, but he had some health problems written a bunch of great sci-fi novels. I haven't re read actually a lot of his stuff, but, but in one of his books and, and no one knows for sure kind of how the legend went, but, but in one of his books, I think it was maybe an article that he was tasked to write. He, he wrote kind of his rules for making it as a writer and it was kind of half business and half craft and people kept asking him, well, how, how do you make it? How do you do this? You know, how do you make a living with your writing? And, and he shared these, what have now become Highland's rules. And so Dean Wesley Smith has talked about these. He wrote a book 
um, about Heinlein's rules. Um, it's also all over the internet. You can find uh, different versions of this. And, and I kind of wrote up an article based on the Heinlein rules and I added in one rule that's, that's my own that we'll get to at the end. But I want to share these six rules because I, I think this is going to help a lot of you get unstuck. And, and I will say ahead of time that this might not seem like conventional wisdom because we've listened to the, the wrong voices for, for too long. And, and one of the reasons why I listen to Dean Wesley Smith is, is not because he's perfect and it's not because um, everything he says is right. Um, but he's been around for 40 years and he's been published for 40 years and he's made a lot of money in his writing and he's, he's seen everything. He's been traditionally published. He's been indie published. He started his own publishing companies. He's edited, he's done all these things. And so um, f- listen to the people that have been around, not the people that have written two things and, you know, now they're writing coaches and all those kinds of things, but people that have actually stayed in the game for, for years and years and years and, and, um, have longevity. And, and so Heinlein was one of those guys, Robert A. Heinlein. And, and so I want to share a couple of these, these rules with you. And I think they're going to be really helpful. So let, let, let's start with number one, rule number one, you must write. Okay. Mr. Obvious, you must write. Well, well, here's the thing. You need to actually write. L- let me clarify that for you. This is not about organizing your desk. This is not about outlines. That's not writing. It's, it is part of writing, but that's not part of your writing time. That's not new words on the page. It, it's not reading about writing. It, it's not playing with different writing software. It's not taking courses on writing. It's not sitting with people who are writers and talking about writing and and all these things have their place. It isn't podcasting, but it's actually writing, putting our butt in the chair, clicking at the keypad, writing freehand, however you write your stories, however you write your books, however you do your writing or your blogging or whatever it is, but you must write. Because there's simple math and there's simple truth that every word you add to the page, the closer you are to finishing the work. And I know I just blew most of your minds right there. I know your heads are spinning. You you are thinking to yourself, I have never met a wizard in my life, but I think I just met one on the prolific writer podcast. He just told me I must write. That is absolutely pro found and life changing. Now, hopefully you can hear the sarcasm in my voice, but this for most people is the hardest thing to do. I talk to people weekly. Hey, how's that book coming? Oh yeah. I I haven't really done much with it. Oh, you want to write that novel, that thing you've been thinking about for 10 years? Well, Well, have you put any words down? No, I've been reading about editing. No, I've been taking it to critique groups. No, I've been you know doing this course on, on this or that. No, I've been listening to these podcasts, but, but there's actually no writing going on. So you need a plan. What, what's your plan to write today? Where are you going to write? When are you going to write? How long are you going to write for? You got to schedule it. You got to make a date. You got to write. That is the key to being a writer. The difference between an amateur and a pro is pros actually do the work. I don't know who said it. And I mentioned to a friend the other day that he doesn't believe in a muse, but he believes that 
every morning at 9 a.m. his muse shows up. In other words, every morning at 9 a.m., whether he feels like it or not, whether he has the vibes or not, whether he feels excited or not, he's going to put in the work and do the work. So rule number one, you must write. Rule number two, you finish what you start. You finish what you start. How many projects do you have on your hard drive right now that are unfinished? If you were like me seven years ago, there's probably a million. And I still have a bunch on my hard drive that aren't finished. And that for a variety of reasons, some just aren't worth finishing. Some are projects that I'll get to someday. But you have to finish what you start. I'm amazed how often people start writing that story, start writing that novel, start writing that book, start writing that blog post, and they never finish it. Because here's a, here's a key to, to success is that rule one, you, you got to write that's obvious, but, but you have to finish what you start. And, and here's what happens when you finish what you start. It unlocks something in you that you can continue to finish what you start. It's like this, this invisible barrier comes down and you've told yourself, I can now do it. I can start a book, write a book, and I can finish a book and I've done it. One of the beautiful things of NaNoWriMo National Writing Month, some of you have participated in that every November, National Novel Writing Month is a nonprofit that encourages, inspires people to write a novel in 30 days, at least a rough draft, 50,000 words. And that's like 1,667 words a day. And I did this, I think almost seven years ago now. And I tried it and I did not finish. I I think I got about 20,000 words in for a variety of reasons and just fizzled out and then never touched the thing. And, um, and then I did it the next three years and finished every year. That's not to brag, but, but the, the thing was, once I finally was able to finish something and I stopped rewriting and I stopped doing all that stuff, it just unlocked something. You can do it. Now, this doesn't mean it's easy. This doesn't mean every book is easy. It's not. Every book has its own challenge. Every blog article has its own challenge. Sometimes, you know, it's a voice thing. Sometimes it's, it's a story direction thing. Sometimes it's just, we could be weary. We could be tired. You know, you don't, you don't know what it is, but, but there's always complexity when it comes, but there's something about finishing what you start and see, that's again, what makes the difference between an amateur and a pro is writers, write, And writers finish, they finish what they start. And again, we have to die to some of that perfectionist tendencies and not get so hung up on, is it perfect? Is it great? Is it, and here's the thing. If, if you're just starting out and you're just running your first things, I can tell you right now, it's not good. And, and if you're a, a special butterfly and, and you're, you're a, a special anointed gifted person, maybe it's average, maybe it's okay. I know that I, I know some of my first stuff is, isn't great. It's okay. It's good. You know, it's best I could do where I was with the skills I had at that time, had it edited, at least reads nice. Right. I mean, there's, there's levels, but as you continue to work, as you continue to write, as you continue to finish, you get better and you get better as you practice, you get better and you get better and better. 
So if that's the case and there is no perfect book and there, and you're not going to write a New York times bestseller, your first time out is finish the stinking thing. Just finish it. Get her done. Okay. Enough on that one. Rule number three, refrain from rewriting only for editorial demand. Okay. This one is going to blow people's minds and this one's going to get me in trouble. And yet it's a myth that most people buy into. And I'll, I'll explain this first. So rule number one, you must write rule number two, you must finish rule number three, refrain from rewriting. Okay. This is where most writers, especially those that have never written anything or finished anything or published anything will disagree. But this is also why you never finish anything. It's the rewriting. Okay. This is where we, we rewrite our book over and over and over again. Now, let me, let me clarify a couple things. Rewriting is different than polishing. In other words, if you're rewriting something, you're actually taking what was already there, the the kind of original idea, the original voice, and you're totally taking it out and just rewriting it all together. Now, I know a lot of authors, even professional authors, even best-selling authors, some rewrite and and that's here or there, but but most professional living, making a living, producing a lot of work, don't rewrite. Um, you can go listen to Lee child, uh, who does the, the Jack Reacher novels. He does not rewrite at all. Um, Mike Connolly does not rewrite. Um, he, he does the Harry Bosch novels and some other, other ones, Lincoln lawyer, great writer, Stephen King, go read his book on writing. He does not rewrite. Now, What's the difference between rewriting and what's the difference between polishing and tweaking and all that kind of stuff? Again, not to get caught up in semantics, but once you write that first draft, however you write that first draft, when you go back in, you have the bulk of your story there. Now you may go back in and you may, you know, move a thing here or there, but, but you're not rewriting. You're not taking the story and, and, and rewriting or redrafting. Now redrafting is really just taking the whole thing and starting over that, and so that that's a whole di- whole different thing. But rewriting is this idea that if I just change this one sentence, if I just change the scene a little bit, if I just change this little bit of dialogue, that that somehow it's going to make this book a masterpiece, and somehow it's going to make this book a New York Times bestseller. Please stop rewriting everything. Now, this doesn't mean throwing up a turd. It doesn't mean throwing up junk. It doesn't mean writing a first draft or a rough draft and then just saying, hey, here's here's the book. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But you see, the rewriting is is going back in, changing this character, changing this this thing, um, you know, changing essentially the whole book. But here, here's what what I've learned from from guys like Dean Wesley Smith and others is that when you write that first draft and you're going fast you're just getting it out there on the page. You, you know, you maybe have an outline, maybe you don't, but, but you got these characters and a setting, there's a problem. You're writing the scenes. It's, it's going, that's your most creative subconscious voice that you have. It's where that you tap into that creativity. It's where you tap into that art part of you. And it's the most pure and, and we're not sure where it comes from. That's why writing just a strange animal. It just comes out of you and you just write and you just go. 
phrases, characters, what they say, what they do, right? You don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess with that voice because what happens in rewriting is you come back and Dean Wesley Smith talks about this is you start rewriting in that critical voice. And so you're looking at it and you're going, oh, this is junk, this is junk, this is junk. And, and you, you almost change the voice. You change the vibe of the whole story and the whole book. Don't do it. Don't do it. Rewriting to death is not going to make your book a bestseller. I've studied a lot of writers over the years. Joe R. Joe R. Lansdale, Elmore Leonard. I mentioned Lee Child. Um, I, I've even, um, you know, I mentioned Stephen King, Dean Koontz, their philosophy is they're going to write one draft and have it as clean as possible by the time they get to the end of it, the way they want it. They're not going to go back and do a million drafts. And so when they go back in and they're maybe going, you know, each day they're going back, looking at chapters, they might be changing some typos, changing some things in there. But, but by the time they get to the end, they have a very clean draft where they want it. And they may make some, some changes now don't rewrite unless for, or only for editorial demand. So when you send it off to an editor or a first reader, whoever's editing your books and you need an editor and you need at least a first reader or both an editor and a first reader, they may suggest changing a few things. Now you're the writer. It's your story. It's your book. If you don't agree with that direction or you don't think that helps the story, you don't think that's where you want to go, then don't do it. Just leave it how it is. But if you got in there, I've had this with my editor. He, one time he said, Hey, you know, there's this one part, you're kind of redundant there and it doesn't really add anything to the story. So Either you can rewrite or just kind of take it out. And I think I just took it out. That's not rewriting either. But don't rewrite. Don't rewrite. You know, a lot of modern day, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of modern day traditional publishing is the whole thing about word count. And I've read some things on this is, you know, back in the, in the 80s, around the 80s, the word counts got really high. See, back in the day in the, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, pulp novels, things like that. You know, a novel is about 40,000 words, 50,000 words. Great story, plenty of story. You don't need them that much longer. But then somewhere around the 70s and 80s and 90s, they had to justify printing costs and, you know, these big padded books. And so books just got longer and longer and longer. Now, the the problem with that was just adding in a bunch of fluff that didn't really add to the story. And so you just got, you know, subplots and side plots and, you know, people going all over the place and it doesn't really do anything for the story. It just makes them longer. See, some of that is to, to editorial demand to say, Hey, your, your novel's too short. It's only 50,000 words. You need to add in another 20,000. Then you just add in a bunch of junk that doesn't really help the story. But see today, if you're an indie publisher, you don't need to do that. You don't, you don't need to add in all that stuff. If the story needs 50,000 words, make it 50,000. If it needs to be 70, make it 70. If it needs to be 30, make it 30. You're in control of that. But don't rewrite the thing to death. Rewriting is going to take out your voice. It's going to take out your original story thoughts. It's going to make it dull. And, and I know people listening to my voice right now is you are working on manuscript and you're rewriting the crap out of it. 
and you just keep rewriting it and it's been months, maybe even years, and you're still working on that same book. You could have written five more stories by the time just because you kept rewriting and rewriting. So here's the beauty of, of, of writing. Every time you write a story, every time you write a book, every time you write a blog article, every time you write an article, whatever it is, you're practicing, you're getting a little bit better. Rewriting doesn't make you better. Rewriting just slows you down and you get hung up up on that one story, that one book, instead of writing the next one. So stop rewriting. Okay. A couple more. Rule four, you must put your work on the market. So rule one, you got to write. Rule two, you got to finish. Rule three, stop rewriting. Rule four, you must put your work on the market. This is about shipping as Seth Godin says, the hardest thing, the scariest thing, the fearful thing is what if they don't like it? What if nobody reads it? What if that editor doesn't want to look at it? Here's what I want to say to that. So what? What's the worst that could happen? You write a story and nobody reads it. So what? Write another one just words, just time. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Nobody's coming to your house to kill you. Nobody's going to harm your family because you wrote a bad story. The the worst that happens to books is just people don't read them. That's like the worst thing, right? Like you still have your wife and your husband and your kids and life and food and they don't read your books. So what? I, I have books that for whatever reason, some sell a ton and some sell very minimal. I have no idea. Some of the books I think are better. They actually don't sell as well. I don't understand. And that's fine. It connects with certain people on certain ways. It, 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 it's kind of a mystery. I mean, certain stories, certain books, you're not sure it's subjective. Why do certain people like certain things? We don't really know. Why do people watch certain TV shows? Why do people like certain kinds of music? We don't really know. But, but I just want to tell you as an artist and as a creative and, and, and as someone who writes, like if someone doesn't read your story, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's really not. Then go write another one. Please just go write another one. Because here's the thing. I want you to be a prolific writer. I don't want you to live and die by that one stinking short story that you thought of in eighth grade or that one novel that's going to change the world. Like it might change the world. Most likely it's not. But write another book. But you need to put it out there. And here's what I want to say as far as indie publishing goes is more than ever in history, your books will be evergreen. They will last beyond your lifetime and your children and their children and their children will be getting royalties off those books. That's what's so beautiful about indie publishing, but you need to get more books on your virtual shelf. And what's so beautiful about indie publishing, especially is, and I'm not saying don't go traditional either. Like, Hey, send out those manuscripts and you get them on out there too. But, but the the thing with indie publishing is you have this virtual bookshelf, you have Amazon, you have Kobo, you have Barnes and Noble, you have, um, Smashwords, you have, you have, um, audio books, you have paper, you have digital. And so you have all these different bookshelves. I mean, if you have 10 books, you, you literally could have, you know, 40 different titles in your bookstore. And they're up there forever. And you know what? Some people are going to love. Some people aren't going aren't to love. But you know what? Over time, 
You keep writing those stories. They're going to find your backlist. They're going to find the books you've already written. Say, Hey, I'm going to check that out. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. Maybe you write in a variety of genres and they go, Hey, I love your sci-fi stuff. I don't like your nonfiction stuff. I, I love your nonfiction stuff. I don't like your thrillers. I, I like your thrillers. I don't like your romance, whatever it is, but you must put your work on the market. You need to publish it and it's not hard to do. Send me an email. I'll help you. I'll walk you through the process. It's very, very simple to get your work out there. Ebook, print, audio, whatever. But you just need to get it out there. And I want to go back to finishing stuff. This is very similar rule. Something gets unlocked when you actually publish something and you share something. And I want you to be so excited, even if your mom and your dog are the only people that that read the thing. Be excited about it. Act as if it's the best thing that's ever been written. Hey, I wrote this book. Hey, you should check it out. Hey, mailman, why don't you read my book? I know you've never heard of me, but it's really awesome. It's about dinosaurs and space, and I think you're going to like it. And it's got a little edgy thing. It's like kind of Indiana Jones with dinosaurs in space. And it's, it's just amazing. It's going to blow your mind. It's on Kindle for 99 cents. Go check it out. There's something about publishing that thing, getting it out there, having it out there to say, hey, look, I'm a published author. It's out there. I did it. Put it on the market. Put it on the market. The other thing, too, is if you write nonfiction, you will also be an authority, an expert. If you write that book on what you're good at, your skill set, your hobby, whatever, you're giving your voice to some topic, some subject, guess what? You're now an authority. You're now an expert. You have a published book out there. Even if it doesn't sell a lot of copies, hey, look, I wrote this thing on marketing. Hey, I look, I wrote this thing on gardening. Hey, I wrote this thing on, you know, how to study the Bible. Hey, I look, I wrote this thing on whatever. Get that work out there. Share it with the world. You got to ship it. Stop rewriting it. Stop polishing it. Stop sitting on it. Put it up there. So rule five is you must keep it on the market until it sells. All right. You must keep it on the market until it sells. I love Highland's rules. This is so eye-opening and so goes against the grain is that I think what happens is when you write that thing, you finish that thing, you stop rewriting, you edit, get it edited, you put it up on the market and then you let it sit there until it sells. Now here's with the caveat is like I said, you have this virtual shelf and, and Hey, that may not get its first sell for a year. Who knows? Maybe you need to do some tweaking to that, to that book. Maybe it needs a new cover. Maybe you need a new blurb. Maybe you need to, you know, throw some marketing at it. Tell, tell some people about it, whatever it is, but, but you need to keep it up there until it sells. And even if it doesn't sell, just keep it up there. There's no point in taking it down unless it's, you know, inappropriate or, or, you know, not edited and, and whatever. I even know people that didn't have, they self edited their book, which do not do. Um, I will come and find you, but they self edited it and they got hammered on reviews because it was tons of grammar errors, tons of spelling errors, tons of all, all kinds of problems, but the book still sold. People still liked the story. 
sold a ton. And so what he did was after a year and, you know, he sold some stuff as he took it down and he re-edited it. He had it professionally edited and put a new cover on it and put it back up. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe there's just a reason it's, it's not selling, but, but see, that's not the point. The, the point is to get it out there and to keep it out there. If you're doing traditional, you're trying to sell short stories, to traditional publishers or, or send your manuscript to traditional publishers, just keep it out there. Keep sending it out there until it sells. And maybe it won't. And that's okay. But, but you see here, we're, we're trying to, here's what I'm trying to build into. Here's what I'm trying to encourage you is you need to think about the long game. You need to think about long-term career here and, and you're not going to be a famous author in a year. I can guarantee you that. There's been a few examples of that recently in indie publishing, and that's fine, but they're very unique stories. And, and what I found is interviewing some of these people is one, they tend to not have children. And I know that sounds crazy, but, but it's very true. They don't have the, you know, expense of that. They don't need the income for that. A lot of them were laid off, got severance packages, you know, had some money where they could kind of just focus on writing a lot of, most people don't have that luxury, but most people are just going to plot along for about five years. They're going to get better at their craft. They're going to write a lot of things and they're going to get it out there and people are going to slowly find, they're going to find their thousand true fans and they're going to go, Oh, what else does this person have? Oh, what else does this person have? Oh, what else does this person have? There's going to be a ton of authors. I, I can guarantee you this is a prophetic word. Not that I've heard it straight from the Lord, but that will not be around in a year or two or three. I promise you that. Here's why, because they're just trying to game the system. There, there's a lot of authors that are just gaming the system. They're focused on hacking into Facebook ads, hacking into Amazon ads, and not to say those things can't be effective and they are effective for a lot of people, but they're not working on their craft. They're not working on learning. They're not growing. And so they're just looking for easy ways to find advertising and, and other ways to get eyes on their books, but they're, they're not focused on the long-term career and writing good stories and writing what they want and writing a lot. So they're going to, you know, have three books and just try to promote the crud out of those three books forever rather than writing the next story. So you need to keep it up there until it sells. All right. Number one, review class. Come on, you know, you must write rule. Number two, finish what you start. Rule number three, refrain from rewriting only for editorial demand. Rule four, you must put your work on the market, get it up there. Rule five, you must keep on the market until it sells. And rule six this is my six this is not Highlands rule, Heinlein's rules. Rule six, repeat. That's my rule. Move to the next story. Most writers are going to ignore this rule. But if you want a long-term creative career, you want to write books, you want to produce tons of great books, you got to keep repeating this process. You got to keep on writing. You got to keep on finishing. You got to stop rewriting. You got to publish your work. And you got to keep it up there till it sells. And you got to do it all over again. It's what Sean and Johnny and Dave at self-publishing podcast, Sterling stone guys, it's the right publish repeat model, right? Publish repeat. I think there's a lot of people that write and a lot of people that don't repeat. And there's a lot of people that write and a lot of people that don't publish. 
And so if you never write and you never publish, well, you don't have an opportunity to repeat. If you never put your butt in the chair, if you never finish what you start, if you don't stop rewriting your books to death, if you don't publish your work and keep them up there, there's going to be no opportunity to repeat. And I want to tell you, Prolific Writer Podcast community, Robert A. Highline and his little simple business, five rules of business, have totally changed the way I think about writing. And I still have those perfectionist tendencies like all of us do. I still am fearful that I don't know if this is good. I don't know if it's ready. I don't know this or that. But there's something about that writing habit, that finishing, that dying to the rewriting, that publishing, putting it up there, keeping it up there, and doing that over and over again, that you begin to, to grow. This, this writing muscle grows, and you get better. And you, and you read some things on writing, maybe you take a course on writing, you listen to some podcasts on writing, and, and you need to keep doing those things. Don't hear me say that, that, but I don't want that to be an excuse for not writing. Because we only have so much time on the earth, we only have so many day, hours in the day, you don't need to neglect your family, you don't need to neglect your kids. But if you're going to have, if you have small bits of time to write, you need to spend the bulk of those times writing and not marketing and not pretending you're writing and outlining and all that other stuff. Let, let me give you a little math equation. I found this really helpful too, is that if you're able to write a thousand words a day, which is not that much that can take you about an hour for most average speed typists or writers. So a thousand words a day for 50 weeks, We'll say five days a week. So a thousand words a day, five days a week. So you're taking the weekends off. You're also going to take two weeks off for vacation. Let's just use those numbers. So a thousand words a day times by five equals 5,000 words a week. So we times that by four, that'd be 20,000 words a month times by 12, that's about 240,000 words a year. And that's taking two weeks off. And that's only writing five days a week, a thousand words a day. That's an hour commitment a day, five days a week, five hours a week to write 240,000 words. Are you hearing those words? That's what we're up against people. 240,000 words is three, four, five, maybe six novels in a year. And that's only an hour a day for five days a week. That's nothing. Because here's what I'm tired of. I'm, I'm tired of everyone saying, I just don't have the time. You know, if you knew my life, you knew how busy I am, all those kinds of things. You got an hour a day. Can you write a thousand words a day, five days a week, take two weeks off. How about cut it in half, 500 words a day, 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes a day during your lunch break, get up 30 minutes earlier, stay up 30 minutes late later. Okay. So we cut it in half 120,000 words a year. 
most of my my books range from some of my nonfiction, thirty thousand words, fiction, fifty thousand, sixty thousand words, hundred twenty thousand words. I could write well four nonfiction books. I could write two, two and a half novels in a year for 30 minutes a day, five days a week, taking two weeks off. Okay. I know you're, you're hearing the sarcasm a little bit because I know that's nothing. And you guys are shaking your head going, I know that's nothing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to apply Heinlein's rules to your writing adventure. You got to write, you got to finish what you start. Stop rewriting your things to death. You got to publish your work, keep it up there till it sells. And you got to repeat again over and over and over again, 500 words a day, thousand words a day. You'll be amazed what you can produce in a year. And you're going to be on the road to being a prolific writer. And I believe with all my heart, the more prolific you become, people will find your work. Your virtual bookshelf will fill up. They'll find your work. You'll find an audience. And you have the greatest thrill of, of someone sending you an email. And I'm not talking about New York Times bestseller. Maybe that's your goal. That's that's fine. Maybe it's to make a million dollars. Okay, that's fine. But that, that's not my goals. But 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 to have someone write you an email who's not your mother, who's not your father, who's not your dog. It'd be weird if your dog wrote you an email and say, Hey, this book really helped me. Hey, this book really impacted my life. Hey, this book really made me think about something important. Hey, this book helped me when I was in the, in the hospital having a surgery. Hey, hey, this book really helped me when I had a really long commute to a job. I really didn't enjoy helped me get through the day. There's nothing better than that. That's why we write. Art isn't just to waste time. It's not just to forget about our lives for a moment. And sometimes it can be good for that, depending on how the world is and how our lives are and, and all that. But it's to make us think. It's to make us feel. It's to help us learn things, to grow, whatever it may be. That's why we write. And, and most of all, people, Prolific Writer Podcast community is have lots of fun doing it. That, that's why we do it. it. This isn't digging graves. This isn't backbreaking work. I mean, it can be if depending on your chair, but, but have lots of fun. It, it's, it's great to tell stories. It's great to write nonfiction and help people do things and, and apply things like that's, that's the joy of it. Have a lot of fun. It's great fun. I have a great time doing it. It's, it's one of the main reasons I do it more than anything. I just enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a great joy to tell these stories. It's a great joy to write these books and help people do different things, whatever those things may be, if it's nonfiction. So thanks for giving me a few minutes here to break up our, our show. Thanks to everybody that's been listening faithfully to the show and all the great reviews that have been left. Can you do me a favor? And just before wherever you heard this uh, episode, maybe on Stitcher, maybe iTunes, um, especially iTunes, they're kind of sticklers, but most of our listeners are in iTunes. Go find the Prolific Writer Podcast and just leave a review. Um, leave a nice review. Um, 
even if you don't like the show, just leave, just lie and just leave a nice review, but it helps people find the show. And, and we've been able to help a lot of people. We've had thousands and thousands of downloads. We've had great guests. We have many more phenomenal guests. I, I can't share who's coming on soon, but, but I will, um, next episode. Um, we have a great episode next episode and the next two and the next bunch. So, um, some great guests coming on and hopefully this, this podcast has helped you write fast, write often and write well. And go back, listen to some of the older episodes. Um, we, we just have tons and tons of great insight, wisdom, experience to apply to your writing career. And go out and uh, get after those words. Get in the chair. Finish that book. Hey, if you want to share what you're up to, go to the Prolific Writer Podcast. Or excuse me, the prolificwriter.net. It's not podcast. The prolificwriter.net. And leave a, a comment in the show notes. And say, hey, this is what I'm working on. I'd love to hear what you're working on. Or you can you can email me, Ryan at theprolificwriter.net. Say hello. Love to hear what you're working on. If you need help with anything, you need some encouragement, love to to chat with you or just say, hey, love to hear. We've got people listening all around the world. Really cool. And I'm really privileged to be able to do this. So this is Ryan from the Prolific Writer Podcast, and I will see you all real soon. Thanks for stopping by the Prolific Writer Podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world and head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.